Today's very special Augusta episode of the BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. The Celtics might have to use ZipRecruiter to hire a new point guard because Kyrie Irving is out for the playoffs. I'm covered in buffalo sauce right now. I'm very upset. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within a day. They're the best at distributing your job to the best boards, identifying the right people, inviting them to apply. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event for NBA, NHL, baseball, whatever, just not round two or round three Celtics playoff tickets because that's not going to happen. You know what to do. Just use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. And finally, we're brought to you by Callaway, the presenting sponsor of this Chuck House. That's Joe House's golf podcast. He taped one uh, because we went to Augusta today, which we're going to talk about in a little bit right after my dad stops crying about the Kyrie Irving being knocked out for the entire season. Um, you can subscribe to Shack House wherever you get your podcasts. Him, Jeff Shackelford. Jeff Shackelford really gets up at 430 in the morning to go to Augusta. Well, because they do morning uh, shoots for the morning drive show live from Augusta all week long at the Golf Channel. They got to be ready. These are TV people. It's time to get up. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, we are also brought to you by the Recapables, which I will not be on this week. After my two episode streak uh, on Billions with Mallory Rubin, I'm not on this week, but she brought in Sean Fennessy, and he's going to guest host for me. And also Atlanta, too. We put those up on Fridays. Coming up, my dad, Joe House, nephew Kyle, who was home all day. We're going to get into that, too. We don't know what he was doing all there day. There are no more paper towels. I just want to observe. <laughs> there are no more paper <laughs> towels paper in the house. house. Uh, <laughs> we're going to find out later about the Tinder scene here in Augusta, Georgia. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. Man, I'm laughing and I'm laughing through my tears. So here's how it works at the Masters, just for you people that that don't know, because I actually didn't know this. I'd never thought about it before. They take your phone. You go through the gate and your phone disappears and you walk in and you don't have a phone and nobody has a phone and nobody's holding, nobody's taking pictures, nobody's having annoying phone calls, nobody's texting and it's just silent, and it's like what I, what House and I grew up with in the '80s, and what Doctor Bill grew up with in the 1930s, and <laughs> and uh, we didn't have a phone for like nine, ten hours. We had this great night at the great day at the Masters, which we're going to talk about. Really beautiful, great day. Couldn't have been a better day. We'll talk about it. Get out, get the phones back, turn the phone on. I'm always like 10. percent I'm worried something happened at work. When I have all these texts from Sean Fantasy, my wife, my something, you know, my my son had a dumb injury. Who knows? What I wasn't expecting was that my Celtic season was over. Found that out. That had been in the stratosphere for six, seven hours. Kyrie Irving had to have a second surgery because he had a first invasive surgery for some screws that are apparently a little loose in his kneecap, which I wish we had known about last summer. And uh, there was an infection. 
and they decided to just shut him down and have a second surgery. And now we don't have a point guard. Our top two players heading into the season have played a combined 60 games that are no longer. And now we're heading to the playoffs. Dr. Bill, you sent your check-in for playoff tickets already, right? You sent that check-in. They have your money. You you told me to go ahead and send that money and that you'd, you'd take care of it. So I, I sent the, <laughs> the check-in, yeah. Um, Kyrie out. Deep down, we were worried about this. I got worried when they were like, the screws are a tiny bit loose. That made me nervous. I don't like when people have screws in their in their feet or their knee kneecaps. I got worried about a, about five weeks ago when he missed some time because they portrayed it as tendonitis in the knee. But meanwhile, everybody remembers the threat he made to the Cavs back in the summer that he'd have surgery on the knee if uh, they didn't trade him. So you started to get worried that maybe there's more to it. Maybe the kneecap hasn't healed correctly. And this is on top of losing Gordon Hayward. So in five minutes, in five minutes. And then, and then what's, what's the guy I'll never be able to pronounce his name house who dislocated his ankle and popped it back in Tony Finau. So a golfer dislocates his ankle. He pops it back in. Hayward dislocates his ankle, but then all his ligaments tear and all that stuff. Like this has just been like the worst luck Celtic season. Marcus Smart got hurt. Daniel Teese was playing well. He got hurt. Um, yeah. I, and they have a chance to win 57 games house getting 60 and 60 games in five minutes from their two best and most expensive players. It's kind of unheard of. The only like thing if the wizards didn't have wall and Beal all year, how many games would you win? 31 20 28 yeah 25 right 31's the ceiling how many games would the would the Cavs win if they didn't have LeBron and, and if they missed 104 games of LeBron and Kevin Love I would say they're a 28 win team I agree with this it's just crazy I've never seen anything like this the Celtics are gonna have home court advantage in round one that have the two best players now you and I'm and I'm weirdly confident. I feel like we're gonna win, <laughs> Brad Stevens. I believe. Well, this is why you beat me to the point. You you have the very best coach in the entire NBA. With all due respect to Mike D'Antoni and what's going on in Houston, and all due respect to Dwayne Casey and the you know the the sort of breakthrough that Toronto seemed to have during the regular season. Uh, the coach of the year is Brad Stevens. There's, there really can be no debate about it. Yeah, especially San Antonio is starting to potentially fade out of the playoffs, which you can talk about in a second. But it's been an amazing coaching job. And when he was winning games on the road with Shane Larkin and um, Marcus Morris and just he I think Kevin O'Connor called him a sorcerer, Brad Stevens, which I thought was very fitting. Um, he has never been in a worse spot i don't think with the in a playoff series with the supporting cast he has right now because we don't know if we're getting marcus smart either yeah it is he be, playing they they don't think he's going to be back for round one. Oh so my god now you worry about you know obviously we miss him now tremendously larkin has been out too well he was he's sick though He'll yeah be he's back. sick he just had like a really bad flu yeah but he also was out for about three or four games with a, a tendonitis in the knee so he has a bulky knee as well. Uh, so you're not too excited to go to these playoff games. Well, I'm you excited. Like this team. You're I'm excited to, to go. It's a it's the a young fun guys, team. Tatum and Brown, Horford. Tatum, Still some guys left. I love watching Tatum and Brown play together. Um, I wish Rozier was more consistent. You know that was the nicest I, I, thing you've said about Rozier in like <laughs> three months. 
Uh, By more fact, more consistent, do you mean more consistently on the bench with five minutes left in the fourth in fact, quarter he, he so he's not a, chucking? He I took wish. a shot at Rogier on his, his red hot Twitter account, which is <laughs> up to 11,000 Twitter followers. It is red hot. He's going to be at 75,000 in, in two weeks. What a weeks. pace for Dr. Bill. He's got Dr. Bill 1947 well, on Twitter. You know he's the type of player that really bothers me. He's, he plays hero basketball. He wants to take the big shot every single time no, down but the that's floor. Just the he's a chucker. The Celtics' offense is for the point guard to do that, and it doesn't I, matter who the guard is. I think what, but he's not Kyrie Irving, which I think he feels that maybe he's become. I my like, dad, my dad, over the years, I like assists. My dad hates two things in basketball more than anyone else: the point guard who jacks up the three at what? a pivotal moment with like three minutes left, with like ten seconds on the shot clock, with a hand on his face. Drives you crazy. Even if Kyrie does it, you're like ten percent mad, and he's the probably the best at it. Well, until it goes in. Yeah, then, then when it goes in, then you, you I'm love okay, it. But. And then he hates big guys who don't rebound, which we kind of have with Al Horford to some degree, although well, it's not really totally in the offense. There's a, there's an, there's a other side to that. I, I, I really have a problem with big guys who don't box out, right. which is the Same big thing. part of rebounding. My dad really likes Greg Monroe. He's this old school. Yeah. He likes lefties. He likes lefties to rebound and who post up. He's he's like Greg Monroe's biggest fan. Is it because uh, Greg Monroe is slow and Dr. Bill can keep an eye on him? Yeah, he that's he, the, he's, that he's not moving that fast on his TV. <laughs> I see. Okay, that makes sense to me. We we could never stop Greg Monroe. Yeah, Greg Monroe. We always us. wished he was on our team. The Kyrie thing, though, I had him. I thought he was a second team All NBA before he disappeared a few weeks ago I, I i was playing like one of the best 10 players in the league and more importantly than that it was just so much fun to watch game yeah. to game really one of the most enjoyable celtics i've ever just followed night to night tonight he was just such a thrill like you know, there's so many moments like you just it's a second quarter against like uh charlotte on a tuesday night and Ky all of a sudden Kyrie gets hot for four minutes it's just absolutely thrilling and that now i'm worried about him long term i hope i, I hope just, this knee thing is the like a major article thing. i just read said that once again they're saying the knee is perfectly intact they're saying that the bacterial infection is not uh the mensa the the really bad MRSA. excuse me yeah the MRSA infection and that he'll be okay in five months five months when it's five months takes you almost into training camp it's april oh my god that's September. September. Yeah. yeah. That's it's a long time. That's a long time. Not as long as Kyle spent on Tinder today, but a long time. <laughs> Kyle, what was the Tinder scene like in Augusta? You had a hassle alone for 10 hours. God knows what happened in here. Um, House, do you think teams will tank to try to play the Celtics to get to the seventh seed? Would I've you been, be upset at your Wizards if they tank to get to the seventh seed? Um, I observed this on Heat Check. Uh, Wangan, John Gonzalez, made the mistake of having me on that podcast. And I said to him, I don't think the Wizards aren't don't have to do anything to tank. They just have to wizard. And then I think that they'll end up in the in the seventh seed just playing the way they're, they're going to play. I, in a heartbeat, I, I, even with, with Kyrie on the floor, I preferred the Celtics over the Cavaliers a million times out of a million. Because you want another whooping? Oh my gosh, please. Now, this is the thing here. I, I have a little, little kind of theory for you guys. I want to test out. Is you, it theory uh, that when the last time the Celtics and Wizards played, you lost 4 3? I don't, I, I'm not talking about that. Oh. That was, that's an institutional problem in Washington. Are you going to bring up that we don't have a Linux? 
to bring off the bench? Yeah, Kelly O. <laughs> well, that is interesting, right? That is part of the point I want to make to you, and I'm interested in your reaction to this. There are two things that, that, that from a, a semi-disinterested observer, I'm a slightly interested because I hate the effing Boston Celtics. But as a, We don't like, like you either. I'm outside of Boston. It did feel like there's a bit of a karmic comeuppance, and mm. not to the Boston franchise, because I don't think that the franchise did anything to put them on the wrong side of karma necessarily. Necessarily. Although sticking a knife in little Isaiah's back was a little bit rude, but it's understandable. It's a business. The interesting thing. It was, to- no, it was. I love the Celtics. It was flat out rude. It was rude. It was it, rude. It didn't feel good. None of us felt good about it. It was a great trade, but none of us felt good. And it felt like they shanked them. I, they, I agree they, with they you. They shanked them a little bit. That's right. I mean, that, that just I'm just putting that over there. They, they 100% shanked that guy who played through injuries and his sister dying and all that stuff. And then they traded him the first moment they could. Yeah. I, I'm conceding that point. So I feel like we, what this season turned into is, is a combo karma, you know, turn in the, in the, in the direction where there has to be a little bit of payback on the one hand, Gordon Hayward dissed the Mormons and you know, the church of the latter day saints <laughs> now, now is not standing for any not of that. And, and, and on the other hand, Kyrie threatened <laughs> knee surgery Come to on. the Cavaliers and put himself on the Kyrie wrong side. Did of, nothing. Kyrie, of, did, Kyrie had no residual karma. There's a lot of stories no. about Kyrie's There's insistence no Kyrie to leave Cleveland. And if he, if he was going to go get the knee surgery, that was the threat that was on the table. And now look, both of those two guys are out. And the interesting thing to me do you Slightly think, more you think serious. people put the juju on him, you mean? This is the transition season that last season was supposed to be. Last season was not supposed to be an Eastern Conference final team by right. any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> do you think the Mormons put the juju on Gordon Hayward? Oh, yes, I do believe that. What are you talking about? Of course, Utah. They have, they have special powers there. That They have polygamy there, of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just telling you. Now Gordon, you're going to get in trouble on the SL, SLC Dunk blog site. They're going to be upset. What they other explanation is there for him playing five minutes and breaking his ankle in a way that eliminated him from the rest of the season? I know. It, do you have an explanation for it? I don't. I, I don't, don't either. I, I will say. Other than the Mormons. I w- <laughs> House is kidding. I am um, kidding. I love the Mormons. I do too. Right? I, I've been to Utah. The Mormons are very nice. Utah is great. <laughs> very friendly people. Park City's outstanding. Very handsome, handsome people. Handsome people. Handsome people. Good, nice good looking sports women. fans. Yes. Great um, sports fans. I I do think it's we've it really feels like we've had an inordinate amount of injuries this year. And I might be wrong and somebody might be able to write a treatise about how actually the injuries have been the same. It just feels like a lot of superstars have been wiped out this year. Superstars, stars, important players. And I don't know whether it's just a fluke and an aberration, and it probably is, but man. It seems do, like every week somebody goes down. What do you think about the fact that the season's two weeks longer? Do you think that had anything to do with it? Either one I, of you guys? I just think it, it's kind of a fluky season, and uh, we'll be back to normal next year. I've made this point before, but NBA Classic, the Hardwood Classics games, back backs it up. The guys play harder now. They try harder. They run. They run more. The threes, the space thing. I've made this point before on the podcast. I think these guys, I think they work their bodies harder than they used to. I think it's harder to play basketball now. I don't think it's as physical as it was in the 80s and 90s, but um, I just think there's more exertion. And I do wonder, and I also think there's, 
House, you'll like this theory. Stop watching the basketball game. It's the Wizards and the Cavs. I know. Um, there's less big guys, right? So it's actually easier to go to drive the lane and get into the paint and try to beat people off the dribble and stuff and play above the air and have these alley-oops. And it seems like we've had more alley-oop accidents and lob accidents than we've ever had before. And one of the reasons we're having more lobs is there's less big guys and there's less people protecting the rim. And I wonder if all of this is connected. I'm well, that, theorizing. That's how Hayward got injured, remember? Yeah, on a lob. Well, it was partly the lob and I, partly uh, um, he got undercut. Don't play him. No, nudged. come on. Don't play Jay Crowder. He was got, nudged. Don't, he, he don't got, make the Mormons. The Mormons love Jay Crowder he, he in Utah. He got partially, partially he nudged got, it was by a slight nudge. Jay Crowder and partly jar, nudge. nudged by uh, King James. It was a nudge, just like Kyle was swiping right and nudging different people in Augusta today. <laughs> Kyle, we're, true or false, where are you on Tinder today? That's false. It's false, okay. He categorically uh, denies it. Categorically. Although there are no paper towels in the house, I just want to remind you <laughs> again. Um, the odds for the Celtics went from 20 to 1 to 80 to 1. They should have gone to 800 to 1. Yeah, it's... To win the I title? I don't even have a counter. To win the title, yeah. Yeah. They went to 20 to 1 to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. The frustrating thing is, I feel like the East is the most wide open it's been in a long time. Yeah. You could talk me into all these different teams getting in there. We were talking last night. We were at one of the parties we were at last night at, in here in lovely Georgia. Um, if Washington plays Cleveland around one, I don't know if Washington's going to beat them, although they're beating them tonight. Washington's going to think they're going to beat them. They're going to go into that series, and and they're actually going to think, like, we're going to beat Cleveland. They're actually crazy enough to think they could win that series. And I think they're the only team. I think they're. I think Cleveland's in Toronto said, Philly's probably young and dumb, but that deep down they're not going to think they can beat LeBron in a playoff series yet. You go on down the line, Washington's like, we can beat these guys. We know we can beat these guys. We played with these guys. We're ready to beat these guys. But then Washington has three other teams that would probably beat them in a playoff series. I think this could be a crazy, crazy East. What do you think, Dad? You've seen all these teams in person. Yeah, I, I think with our injuries now, Toronto has a clear path to that finals, don't you think? Their bench is the strongest bench I've seen all season. And I know Cleveland— It's not a clear path, though, because they're playing Cleveland or Philly in round two. And that's uh, that'll be the toughest series they have. And I then can, the I can other see, team that's left, they'll be there in round three. I can see Washington knocking off Cleveland and uh, ending up playing Toronto in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I could see it too. Or what I really could see, the house is already wincing. It's a seven game series that Cleveland pulls out at the last you know last five minutes of Game Seven because LeBron's great, but more importantly because Washington blows the game and. It's one of those series that Washington could have won six of the seven games and blew three in the final five minutes and all their fans spend the whole summer going, oh, if Brooks didn't do that and, and if you Wall know, made that one play, I could totally see that playing out there. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I need to take back everything I just said. I can't see Washington winning that series. <laughs> <laughs> we just we steamrolled them last year, didn't we? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, one like one half of one good quarter – now he's my homie, Kelly Olenek, because he came on House of Carbs. We talked about sushi together. 
I love when John Wall jumped on the scorer's table and then lost the next game and got sent home for the summer. <laughs> yeah, it's it my may, favorite thing. It made me want to take year. two forks and jam them into my temple on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And then, you know why he did that? Because that is, and this is a serious thing, and I've said this a couple times on the pods over the course of the season. That's the the highest achievement he's ever had in his basketball life. Mm. He's never had a, a better basketball moment, but it is indicative of his inexperience as a winner he's he's awesome i love john wall i i i'm all in with him i'm glad we maxed him and everything but he just doesn't have a big resume of being a basketball winner which is why we the 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 next off season which hopefully doesn't come after the first round of the playoffs we need to bring in another veteran that has some of that paul pierce Mojo. We mm. need somebody who knows how to win to still help. Be LeBron Bo James. Beal and Wall are still super young. Hmm. Or you could get the the Utah people to put some juju on LeBron. <laughs> I love the Mormons, and I I love the Utah people. I don't know what a, we what we could work out in exchange, and what would make sense for them to come help. You know, LeBron invented the barbershop concept. What's this of content? You didn't hear about this story? Oh no! I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I might, I've been Lou, without my phone at Augusta. Lou Saban in Alabama, they did some barbershop thing for a digital series, and apparently LeBron's company sent a cease and desist because they had done that barbershop thing, <laughs> not realizing that twenty five other people have used that barbershop concept over the years, including ESPN multiple times. Cease and desist on on being in a barbershop. Oh. People sh shoot the shit in a barbershop. Whoa. What? Where'd you come up with that one? They I've haven't seen that 20 times. A trademark on that? The best. GTFO. GTFO. I love it. Uh, yeah. Amazon Music is the simplest way to listen to the music you love. Discover tens of millions of songs, including the hottest new releases and thousands of curated playlists and stations across all your devices just by asking. No ads, no limits, no interruptions. My dad seems like confused by this whole thing. Amazon <laughs> Music. You go to Amazon, they have music. Find them at the tip of your tongue. If you're having friends over tonight, Dad, just ask to play music for a dinner party. I remember going to my dad's house for dinner and he was playing Coldplay for like five straight years, this Coldplay playlist. Now you have Amazon Music. Shout out your favorite bands or your favorite years. Or if you're playing a song you enjoy and want to hear more like it, simply say, Alexa, play more like this. Engaging with music has never been more natural, simple, and fun, kind of like Kyle's day today. New customers, start your 30-day free trial at amazonmusic.com. That is amazonmusic.com to start your 30-day trial free. Kyle, you love free stuff. Love it. Renews automatically, cancels anytime. Amazon Music. House, gun to your head, who's at the NBA Finals? I don't know. I'm still thinking about Doc sitting in his, his uh, cocktail hour saying, Alexa, Play me Harry Belafonte. <laughs> no, no, play, me, play me Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> Please. Uh, the play Cavs me the, the Parachutes Warriors. album. The Cavs and the Warriors. The Cavs and the Warriors. The we Cavs should have made Warriors. fun of Dr. Bill because today was the greatest day of his life until Kyrie went down. <laughs> we, should, we should go backwards. So we go to Augusta yesterday for the par three. And we're at the par three and we're walking around and we don't really understand what's going on. We checked the course. We did some, uh, we were at the, at the Berkman's club. We went there. Interesting experience. Five great restaurants, had lunch there, got some stuff at the pro shop. And then we're like, let's go check out the par three. And we go and we're walking around, we go see different holes and we're, we're looking for you. 
walk around the back. We come, we're, we we try to go as far away as possible to try to get to a hole that we feel like the least amount of people would be at. Find this spot. The last threesome comes up. It's Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, and Tom Watson. All of them, two of them get it on the green. Tom Watson's on the fringe. He goes, he's away. He chips in. Chips in. Everybody goes nuts. Because Tom Watson's like at least 75, 72. Uh, I don't I No, he's he probably might. like 72. He's older than my dad. Is so he? he chips it in. Like 69, maybe. <laughs> it calms down. Nicholas starts working it. He's like, uh-huh. reminds me of 36 years ago. I didn't like that. And Watson's like, well, I liked it. They start going back and forth like, the gallery's losing its mind. This is like unbelievable. Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson going back and forth. Um, Gary Player, he puts in for a birdie. And now my dad's like, my dad really wants this Nicholas thing. My the Simmons family has loved Jack Nicholas. I, I think it might have been the, the 75 Masters might have even been the go- first golf tournament I ever watched, mm. which he won, FYI. Um, 86 Masters, one of the great sports moments of my life. Um, on the original list of 30 for 30, it fell through at the last second, although much like the Andre the Giant thing, but we had Andre the Giant checking. So anyway, Nicholas standing over the birdie putt and he sinks it. And we went nuts. The whole crowd went nuts. My dad's like, that was a moment. That was a moment. It's like some ridiculous <laughs> and part three. some guy that. yelling out, Jack, run around the green. Jack, oh, yeah. run no, around no, the green. Tom. He's telling Tom oh, Watson oh, to run oh, around oh, the green. Tom, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always one <laughs> shithead in the gallery. <laughs> really, there always is. But um, so that was great. So then we go today and we find this spot on the 16th hole that allows us to also see the guys driving off the 17th, 17th no. fairway. 17 T box. 17 T box. So we're right on the 17 T box, but we can see the 16th green. Very, very clearly right in front of us. We get there two, two hours ahead of whenever any golfers show up. Um, We guard the seats. House was like, leave the seats. Nobody's going to take them. And then we're watching and people are coming in, these little sneaky people, and they're moving chairs around. They're moving other people's moving chairs. Moving people's chairs behind trees. A lot of dirty trees, pool. Yeah. There was so much dirty pool. I'm so ashamed of some of the some of the behavior I saw today. Um, so finally, the, the, the golfers start trickling through, and we're watching these putts. And the 16th is probably my favorite hole. I think of it as the Vern Lunkus 12. Sure. Maybe yes, sir, from 86. Yeah. Um, Have you ever? So they're going through. They're going through, and and it's we're just waiting for Tiger. We're just waiting. Everybody's waiting for just Tiger. waiting, and there's not a lot of people. It's like it's, I would say maybe what twenty twenty five percent full. Yeah, in, 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 the, actual, in the seating area and the standing room behind thing. us, very light. You know, people just stopping for a second, watching the six fairways coming down. Behind to our right, yeah, and Tiger is playing the six. This is earlier. All of a sudden, there's like a million people there because everyone's mm-hmm. just following Tiger, they just want to be anywhere near him. Don't, never doubt America's love for Tiger. So now we're getting close to Tiger time and it's starting to fill up and starting to fill up. And he's not playing well. And at the Masters, they only tell you how the leaders are doing. We don't have phones as covered earlier, we have no idea how Tiger's doing. He might be minus one. He might be plus nine. We don't know. Finally, he's up. He's on the 15th, which we can't see, but we can hear. And we're trying to analyze the cheers. And there's a cheer. And we're like, was that a good cheer? Is that a bad? Was that a birdie cheer? Is it a par cheer? Like at at Augusta, you're always trying to 
basically decipher the cheers. We don't know what happened. He hits his approach, leaves it, what, maybe 18 feet short? 20 feet, yeah. Uphill, makeable. We'd been watching the green all day, which we'll talk about. But nobody has made that putt all day. Nobody made the putt all day, but yet it's Tiger. My dad really wants it because he's had Nicholas on Wednesday. (laughs) Now he's got Tiger coming. These are his two guys. Who are your five guys? Tiger, Uh, Nicholas, Spieth, Mickelson, and Mickelson. Not Bubba. I like Bubba. No, he Bubba's not Bubba. a nat on that. Stop it. <laughs> he said, who do I like? Um, no, but those are your four guys, basically. Okay. And then uh and Tiger made the putt. And it- people and people lost their shit. And the power of Tiger is real. People fucking love Tiger. Well, Unanimously. We, we didn't realize though, he, he wasn't having a terrible day. No, I mean, he, he was two, grinding it. He, he was had two bogeys, and that was his only birdie of the day. So he's one over. So rank Nicholas at the par three versus Tiger birdie putt uphill 20 footer. Which one was more difficult? No, which one did, which one meant more to you as a human being? Oh, the Nicholas one. Yeah. Ah, see. Wow. How about that? <laughs> the legend. It was pretty amazing because Nicholas is like legit old. He's well, almost it 80. It wasn't just the putt. It, it, it was a par three. The fact that all three we didn't of them, even we weren't even positive they were hitting. We just thought maybe they were ceremonially <laughs> ceremoniously putting or something. We didn't know they were actually like gonna well, try to hit golf shots, and then they hit over the water onto the green. Well, not, not only that, Watson won. Watson won. The yeah, Watson won tournament. the part three. Yeah. He had six out of nine birdies on the on the nine hole tournament. It's one of the great things about the golf that somebody who's like seventy two can still be good. Like. 72-year-old Jerry West isn't winning the three-point contest. <laughs> He's not. This, this, but, is, um, this is why I keep trying to drag you back into golf. We can do this for the next 30 years together. So Tiger goes through. House and I finally get up. We'd been sitting there forever. My dad doesn't want to leave. He's at this point, he's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining at the end. Like he's just going to die in the maze. He's just covered in ice. I wanted to protect the seats. He wanted to protect the seats. So we go. House and I, we walk up. We go up 17. We go up 18. House, of course, has to piss for the 90th time. We do that. I we took get, us to a great pisser, you have to admit. We get the we sweet, right sweet tea and lemonade. I mix it together. I'm making Arnold Palmer. It was outstanding. Yeah, let's just pause on that for a second. Oh, it, was it was so a, good. It was a great Arnold Palmer that you you hadn't had the sweet tea before, the southern tradition of sweet tea. I've had so many ruined Arnold, Arnold Palmer's. That I've almost stopped ordering them or thinking about them because everybody makes the lemonade too sweet, which screws up the Arnold Palmer. And yet here was the sweet tea was too sweet and it balanced out the lemonade. And I poured half of each out and mixed them together like Tom Cruise. I'll tell you, uh, your, your mixology, from my perspective, you had four-fifths lemonade, one-fifth sweet tea because the sweet tea was so potent. Oh, it was so good. And then you were like, oh, this is delicious. So I had to have a taste. It was effing delicious. It was delicious. And- the big mistake was not smuggling in vodka into Augusta, which we should have done. <laughs> so House and I walked down the tent, which is a really harrowing hole. <clears throat> well, we harrowing walked, is the only word I would use for the tent. And 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 we, to be more specific about it, walked down the left side of the tent. Yeah. Off the beaten path. It was we didn't great. walk down the right side of the tent. It's like, they, like the least trafficked part of the whole course. Come around 11. Then we head toward Amen Corner. We get to see Mickelson and all this stuff. We... Do the whole thing. We walk down, walk down 13, 14, see some friends, come back in time to see the next group of people. 
which Mc- include, we'll yeah. get to Sergio later because we didn't see that. But then Jordan Spieth catches fire and they're putting on the board because God forbid you have any sort of electronic communication there, but you don't know how anybody's doing until they change the score on the board. And they, and they just do like Jordan Spieth's two under in red. And then the next hole now he's three under. It's like, oh, he birdied that one. And it's like, oh, the next, oh, he's four under. Oh, he had another birdie. And it's like all this word of mouth shit. It's fucking awesome. Um, so coming to us, he's had three straight birdies. How close did he put his shot? It was like six feet. Five or six feet, yeah. But as House pointed out, do, do your Jordan Spieth putting thing. Well, he's had this this trouble all season long, and it's been the main thing that, that folks were concerned about coming into Augusta. Can he get over this? This is exactly the length of putt that is it's to, to casual observers and even, you know, uh, more serious observers, he's having a mental block with it. I mean, his his uh, putting statistics from in this range have been horrendous all season long, and it looks like he's doing weird stuff. And that with was his the hands. reason people weren't positive he should be the favorite. Yeah. Now there has been this line of thought that the familiarity of Augusta and you know how natural uh, a place it is for him and his game, he'd be able to just turn a switch, turn off his brain. And, and just putt basically with his eyes closed is kind of the concept. So hold this thought because the foursome before was Mickelson, Matt Kuchar. Who's the third guy? Yeah, the threesome before. Yeah, threesome before. Kuchar, Mickelson, and Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. And they all put their shots within six feet of the pin and they all made birdies. So we're riding that high. And you love that. My dad loves Phil Mickelson. So he was excited about that. Now here's Spieth. He's trying to get over the hump with these six footers. And he's the third of that group to putt. And you really, I didn't, I, I knew this, but I didn't really know it until I saw it in person. Like, you really love Speed. Oh, I do. I he's do. like almost like a Boston athlete, too. He's my favorite golfer at the moment. Yeah. Why, yeah, why like is him. it, Doc? I'm interested. He likes how he handles his business. Yeah, he, he's serious about it. He's he's good with the crowd, gives a good interview. Um, doesn't seem. Gives a good interview. Doesn't what, seem how is that a criteria? Full of himself. Yeah. Uh, he he is very good with the interviews. He's he's uh, gives a sort of a level of revelation about his thinking that's a little unique. He doesn't just give the normal corporate patter that you get from from the white bread golfers. So he makes the six footer. Well, you you forgot he he's the third of that group, and the other two guys made it. Right. So, so we, now there's pressure on because it's like you six, never want to be the third guy. Six straight birdies. Right. And at this point, my dad is just like, just leave me here. Just, <laughs> I'm just gonna melt in my seat. Just, just, just set me on fire. I just want to die right here. Um, if we had left you there, you might, you might not have left. You're in your chair. I've well, never seen could, you happier. He could be. He would have saved the seat for tomorrow. It would have been perfect. I, 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 unfortunately, I did have to leave because I had to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> <laughs> so his four favorite golfers ever. We planted on holes, and all of them passed through that hole once, and all of them birdied. I have a question for you. It's kind you. of unbelievable. For 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 you guys, um, this is the first time that you're observing uh, a golf tournament that way. We are up close and pretty personal. Did you think that the interplay between the guys mattered at all? Do you think that like guys were inspiring the other ones? You're you're a body uh, like the body language doctor, the I chemistry like guy. Very 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 detached from one another with like only two or three exceptions like Kucher and Mickelson definitely are buddies like you could tell they're boys right. and like they were they hit their drives and they were walking down toward the fairway and Kucher was like walking backwards like giving Phil shit like they it seemed like they were just having fun except, most of the guys didn't except seem for fun. Kucher and Mickelson 
And we saw every group go through to that. Well, you group. saw every group. I, I did. Because yeah. you didn't move for seven and a half hours. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> well, it looked like we saw a little bit of Tiger and Tommy Fleetwood. They had a little interaction as well. And both of them birdied uh, yeah. so, 16 together. Yeah, that was that was a Tommy Fleetwood was a revelation for me. He was my big pick. Yeah. I picked him at 50 to one. I liked all the stuff I'd read, but actually seeing him in person. It's kind of like having Harry Styles as as a golfer. So he's got the long flowing hair and he was just dressed to the nines and just looked like a cool guy. I like that he hung. He shot a 72 today. Okay. And uh he's he's kind of he's kind of lurking and he got his whole playing with Tiger experience. I like it. I think there's a charisma to him. There that, is. That makes him a a good competitor for a this legit kind of stage. charisma. Yeah. 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 The way he was carrying it was I was watching you know, I'm the body language doctor. I was watching everyone carry themselves. Except for those he examples, carried himself a little though, differently. I, I didn't think the golfers interacted with each other at all. Um, yeah, now, you were let down. Now, well, they were part, very serious. Part of it is they're thrown together. I mean, I, I'm thinking of the Fred Couples grouping as an example. He came through with two players from different countries. They, they didn't talk at all, the right. th three of them. And that... That was a theme throughout the day with a couple of exceptions. Well, it is the Masters. I mean, they're pretty serious. Yeah. But it's you, you see a little dialogue. And we should mention we were, I would say, nine feet from where they were teeing, for, off, teeing off on, on 17. So yeah. we, we were super close. We could hear their if conversations. If they were talking to each other, we, we, we would have heard it. So One of the things that I was pleasantly surprised by with the Masters, like in basketball, you have to get – you know, you're trying to get as close to the court as possible. You need connections. There's only a certain amount of seats, right? In golf, you can kind of create your court side. But you have to get up at 630 in the morning or have your <laughs> intern or lackey well, I think go save your seats I think for we're you. all shocked by how in every single example around every green, all the good spots were already taken. By like, it seemed like by like 730 we were in the there morning. By, we were there at 930 in the morning. Well, I have a tip for you. If you, if the people, the good people out there, if you're listening and you plan on going to the Augusta someday, you, but first of all, buy the chairs, even though they're a little uncomfortable. I would say it's 30 bucks. It's worth it. But um, if you go early, if you go at the start of the day, especially on Thursday or Friday, um, the people, the seats didn't really fill up about halfway through. You can just go sit in other people's chairs until they get there. And you we, can go sit that first, first two rows were just completely open for most of the day. And one of our friends sat with us for two hours, it felt like. Yeah, because the people never showed up. So I would say just go sit in people's chairs and pretend it's your chair. Until they come to and, kick you out. Yeah, I mean, when they kick you out, big deal. You get up. Yeah, and you can go stand behind. It's not like you're going to lose a perspective. I do like that courtside um, uh uh, description you just gave because one of the moments that I always love um, at a professional tournament I'm interested in, in, in this take as well you you can go to places and station yourself anticipating when they're going to come through and get very close so yeah. that you can get so we had that on the walk between 10 and 11 when Spieth and Louis Oosthuizen and Alex Noren left a 10th oh yeah we could have gotten like 11. fist bumps from them yeah i mean they were they were dapping the kids which was yeah. awesome i mean I, I like that quite a bit but you guys made an observation uh about the golfers early in the day on when we were in that 17 t box about the the physicality oh yeah so talk tell, tell the, the good people a little bit about that well the guys are bigger than i was prepared for we noticed that yesterday when we went and saw stenson he was mm -hmm. 
it was a practice practice round, and some guys were playing, and we were watching Stenson on the seventeenth, and he's like a legit kind of cut guy, like almost, six four. Yeah, maybe six, six three, six, six four. four. But like yeah. you could, if you put a basketball uniform on him, you could easily see him on like the Dallas Mavericks. You know, like he's got real muscle. And then you see somebody, even somebody like Rory. Guys, that guy's like jacked. Well, they all, or that Jonathan Vegas. There, I mean, there's some big, big ass. Stenson's a big dude. There's like ten like legit big dudes that but, look like but professional. We also athletes. commented that yeah, there's some short ones. So too. many of them were short, but. They had consistently huge forearms. Yeah. They're um, all like have those Popeye bodies. Yeah. Yeah. You know who I was surprised by in that vein? I never realized he always looks skinny on television is is your boy Chuck Schwartzel. Rock solid yeah. forearms. Yeah. Like popping out. The Chuckster was I, I was shocked by how short some of the guys were. And it makes sense because I do think like the two sports where being short is an advantage or golf and billiards. That's right. I called billiards the sport. <laughs> billiards? You're low to the ground. There's less things moving. And it's just the hand that now Kyle's on. T- Kyle, get off Tinder. Jesus. <laughs> I'm making a point right now. Um, but I think you're low to the ground. There's less ways your swing can go wrong. That's why like, there's never been a 6'7 golfer, right? Like, There's never been a good 6'7 golfer. Yeah, I don't, I don't Who's the tallest know. good golfer? You can't go higher than like 6'3". It's, I mean, Stuart Sink and, and Stenson are the two guys that come to mind. And I don't know over history how to, you know, if there's a historical guy. Then you see Ian Woosman, who he showed up. He's like 5'6". He looks like Anthony Hopkins. He's got this big pot belly. Just seemed nasty. Just didn't seem friendly to anybody. This is his only tournament. This, this is, is all he's played. Is, you can see he gets to play because he's a winner. Just like this bitter Scott, man. It was great. I liked that that we picked a tee box so you could also see, and this is the thing I'm I'm interested in your guys' take on as well. The swings? Yes. How, I mean. I got to say all the swings pretty much look the same to me. Well, it's not not that they look, but I. I, The velocity of the swings. The velocity is like just outrageous. On TV, you can't appreciate velocity. They swing hard as F. Am I right? Yeah. They swing hard as a mother effer. But that's why I couldn't really tell the swings apart because all of them were going 130 miles an hour. It's like being at the Indy 500. <laughs> there, there was like, to be, you, we watch on TV and you see the swing, but then they show the replay and it's you can kind of get a feel for what they're doing. In person, it just looks like they're hitting the shit out of the ball. They pound the golf ball. They hit it so far. Well, I remember we, we were, the 17th is a long drive. Part it's the four. one with the oh, where the Eisenhower and tree used to be. Except for Stenson and maybe one or two other players, everybody had the big driver out. Oh so, yeah! So we got to see that. Yes. And you really, the goal was to try to get to the top of the hill because then it's a dog leg. Yeah. It that that hole's ridiculous. I gotta say, um, actually, let's do uh, let's do an ad because I have a very important point about the course. But first, has your company outgrown QuickBooks? Are shared spreadsheets, manual processes, and legacy systems costing you time or money? Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, save time, money, unneeded headaches by managing sales, HR, and finance, and accounting instantly right from your your desk or even your phone. Thousands of the best-known and fastest-growing companies use NetSuite. To manage their business now, it's available to you. What have what's are you getting? Ex- oh, the Wiz just blew that game. They're up by twelve. They're up by ten now. They're up by one. Yeah. Well, sorry, NetSuite. 
Don't miss out on unleashing your business's full potential with their free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. Learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get real visibility into your cash flow. Get NetSuite's guide, Crush the Five Barriers to Growth at netsuite.com slash BS now. Once again, netsuite.com slash BS. Kyle, this one's free too. More free stuff for you. I'm going to give that to you again, netsuite.com slash BS. All right, so, you know, you go to a baseball park, and it's going to be a little different than TV, but, you know, it's cool. And you go to Wrigley, you go to Dodger Stadium, you go to Fenway, you go to some of the OG ones, and there's that thing. You feel the vibe. You're like, oh, this is cool. This is, oh, I, oh, it's like a museum. I get it. Going to the Masters was one of the most eye-opening experiences I've had. Just like, I've, I've watched this tournament my whole life. And you watch it and you take all the holes for granted. You know, like your favorite golfer's down by a stroke with two holes left. And he's like, he just has to birdie one of these last two. And you're like, come on, you MFR, birdie one of these last two. What are you doing? And then you walk up 17 and 18. 17 is like 780 yards. It's like, <laughs> it just like never it, ends. It? It, just, it just goes on forever and it's a par four. And to hit that in three is crazy. And then 18... The famous trap on the left, which if you go in there, if you actually stand behind that trap and look up, there's this other trap right in front of the green to the left. But then if you carry that, there's a trap on the right. And you basically have to hit a perfect shot, but without hitting into that other trap. And it's like a 45 degree angle uphill. And it seems impossible. Or you could try to hit it to the right side. But if you carry it too far right, you're going in the trees. And I'm watching that go, and I can't believe I was mad that people couldn't birdie this. Well, How does anyone birdie this? If you looked at the scoreboard, so many they had the leaders up, and yeah, nobody birdied 18. Most of them bogeyed 18. Yeah, yeah. including Spieth. Yeah, most most Spieth, of the leaders bogeyed that hole. There was there was two birdies today on 18. Kucher was one, and Zach Johnson was the other. And quick aside, Spieth birdied. 17 I as know. well. Jim and a Christmas. He, we five in a row. Over. Five in a row. Boy, oh boy. And then bogeyed 18. Yeah. And and walking the course, like what, that par three on uh, Ahmed Corner. Oh, 12. Over the water. 12. 12. 12. I'm 12. sorry. The iconic 12. Sure. Um, 12. That looks like such a hard shot when you're, when you're looking at it from the gallery. It's just ridiculous. You're carrying this. You're carrying all this water, and then the green is like four by six. It, it literally it's looks so hard. Yeah, it looks like a very thin French fry. Not to put everything in a food analogy, but then the par five right afterwards is super easy and is clearly too short. And and you know, sixteen where they put the obviously the pin placement is huge, but the pin was in the middle, and it seemed like this should be a hole that you should birdie if you hit a good shot. We saw probably at least six shots that almost were hole in ones. On that, on that, yeah, the 16th today. But I'm sure either tomorrow or it was the pin placement. Yeah, tomorrow or Saturday yeah. they'll put that pin yeah. low near the water, and they're gonna f with everybody. Um, I the other thing that struck me is just the hills. Mm. It's just you're going up, you're going down, you're going up. It's there was this Bobby Jones quote I think in the Berkman's Berkman's Club about uh, it's like God created it, God found this spot and. In the forest and it was the perfect golf course. It really kind of is the perfect golf course because of all those hills. Nothing straight. There's no, there's no, no hole flat that, lies. Yeah, there's no hole that doesn't have some sort of wrinkle to it. 
all of them have something you could that is just different than the other 17. It is that that variability that is part of the, uh, you know, design that makes it the icon that it is. That's right. I can't believe that all of us were able to get through an entire day without our phones like that. I was so proud of myself. It was like 10 hours. I appreciated the fact that you watch other uh, tournaments on TV and everybody has their cell phone out. Yeah. Every, everybody's videoing shots that they could tape if they put their TV on tape at home. Yeah, here you just have to watch it and it, cheer. It was but... nice not to have that going on. No, no, but you can't have cameras either So today. So you, there's no, nothing's out. Everybody's watching. My, my only quibble, and I understand that it runs against uh, tradition, is there is no easy way to get information about how a guy is going during the course of his round so that when they arrive to you and you're root, we're always rooting for the best, but does this birdie? So we watched Sergio Garcia. And this is a funny sort of experience that we had, and it goes to something you observed yeah, earlier, we, Bill. we heard noises, and we exactly. didn't know what was going on. That's right. It I was, thought he was attacked by an alligator. <laughs> I didn't know he was just hitting the ball in the water over and over Well, again. and we didn't really know that it was him. Yeah. When, when he arrived in the tee box at, at, at 16, all we're, we're in our, our spot. We've heard many... Of those disappointed, oh, yeah, oh, those deflating sounds from 15 where it's clear the ball's going in the water, but you don't know whether it's one player or all three players that are dumping we didn't balls know in the was, water. Yeah, we didn't know it was him until he broke his putter in half and tried to jam it in his own <laughs> aorta. And well, they had to restrain him. A great shot on 16. Yeah, he birdied and, it. And birdied it, exactly. And, and we didn't know that that took him from plus 10 back to t- plus 9. Yeah, we, we didn't know that he had just filmed 10 Cup. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's, so that's my quibble. Like, it would have been fun because in the entire group, everybody uh, sitting in, in the little bowl there for 16, having known that, might have given him a real encouraging. This mm. He's the Masters winner, the champion, the standing champion, you know, the green jacket wearer of the moment. And he, this is his tournament is over. Here's right? my here's my counter. I think this is one of the special things about Augusta that I, that I liked more than anything. Makes sense. Is that we were in the dark with almost everything at all the time. So you just don't know anything. That, I didn't know that Kyrie Irving got hurt. I didn't know that I was there a hundred and what, maybe 250 yards away from Sergio hitting the ball in the water over and over again. We had no idea. And I don't know. I just. You like the charm of it. No, it brought me back to like, we don't need to know everything all the time. You know, it was nice to just overhear the guy behind me go. Yeah. Tigers won over like, Oh, he is. Oh, I had no idea. Um, it was there was there was some mystery to it. Like yesterday, we were supposed to meet House and and uh, nephew Kyle, and we were late, and we ended up not meeting them. And then we started walking around the course after the par three. We were like, let's just walk around. Maybe we'll run into them. And we actually miraculously ran into, and it was exciting. I haven't had a moment like that in <laughs> ten years. Where I was like, oh, there you are. Hey! <laughs> it's well, like how we found each other at parties back yeah, twenty five years like ago. Yeah, Holy Cross. Yeah. And then, well, today, was, same thing. I ran into my friend Connor at the seventeenth. Hey, and he came and sat with us. Well, it was a little story yesterday. We looked over, and I said, "That guy has a nice new shirt on." And it was Kyle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he had just spent $80 on a shirt. <laughs> 80 Did you spend $80 on that shirt? Wow. Nice, nice shirt. shirt. 
Well, when yeah. you're getting sex for free on Tinder, you can spend your dollars on shirts. <laughs> Tinder.com slash Kyle. That's t- <laughs> swipe right if you like producer Kyle. But it was it was cool though that uh just running into people and not knowing where people were and not knowing what the score was. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> there, there's a charm to it. So I said it's my you know, you can quibble, you can see it both ways. And you talked about this on the Shack House pod with uh, Shackleford. <coughs> you know, there's always like, there's a little buzz in the background. You hear people talking. And even like when people are putting, there's like, people on other greens that don't know what's going on. When Tiger got to 16, everybody in all the surrounding parts of everywhere. So the people who are in the 15th grandstand, the people who are sitting on the hill on the sixth fairway, the people who were behind on the 17th, the people around the green on the 16th, and then the people lined up on the fairway on the 17th. Tiger's lining up his putt. And it it was the only super duper 100% quiet moment of the entire day. So yeah. quiet you could hear like crickets and it was like being outdoors in the middle of the night or something. And everybody was just locked in on Tiger. It's really magical. It was really cool to be there for it. I liked it. Yeah, it was magical. Once in a lifetime experience. Dad, do you want me to spread your ashes there? <laughs> Where do you want your ashes to be spread? It's someday, um, 30 years down the road. Uh, Boston, After you get 100,000 Boston Twitter Gardens. Followers. Boston Gardens. The Boston Gardens gone. No. The parking lot? <laughs> the, the Boston Garden now used to be a parking lot? Sure or false, but could have left you in the seat in Augusta. I really had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you did. You, you went to the bathroom once, and the people in front of us. Wow, the Wizards lost? What just hey, happened? We're just getting, we're getting you ready. You were up one. <laughs> yeah, we're getting ready for the playoffs. That's this all. is the exact scenario we were talking <laughs> of about. Course, of course. I think, I think the Celtics are playing the Wizards. Oh, my God. By the way, I'm feeling confident after watching them implode. We're going to take one more break. With the Google Assistant, <coughs> you can complete over a million actions on your phone, in your car, around the house, <coughs> when you're coughing. For example... Hey, Google, book me a table for four at Major Domo. Will Google sure. do that? Sure, let's make a reservation with OpenTable for four people at Major Domo. It's doing that, yeah. Anyway, download the Google system right now. Are we done? Uh, we're almost done. Oh. <laughs> um, my dad just asked if we're done, which means we're probably almost done. Dad, any last thoughts? Augusta, you've been waiting your whole life. What's next on the bucket list now? Give us two more thoughts on the course that we didn't cover. It's so plush. I mean, the the fairways look like putting greens. And I've never seen a course so beautiful. The foliage, the way the plants are all at perfect timing in terms of behind each, particularly 12. 12 was the prettiest hole maybe I've ever seen. 12 is amazing. In terms of just the the vista. They don't even let people... I didn't. I guess I knew this, but it, it didn't really dawn on, dawn on me until we were there. They don't even let people walk over to twelve. It's right. just like its own little oasis over there. Everybody, you're over here. The real the real golfers are going over there. So, well, give me one more. Um, How about the cheap food? The one dollar and fifty cent sandwiches. No, nah, it wasn't. One more would be, uh, I think, the velocity of them hitting that. You just can't appreciate it on TV. The power that they put through when they hit that ball. Um, in person, it's it's so much more uh, pronounced than it is on when you watch it on television. 
I mean, I'm sure that's on every tournament probably has that. I think the difference maybe with the Masters is how intense everybody is. In the house, you've been to a million golf tournaments. Is the intensity a little different for this? Because it felt like it was. It's radically different. Yeah. I mean, you know. There's the, no effing around, no talking no. in the gallery, nothing. No. And it is, it's, you know, one of the things that, that occurs, you know, in sort of the regular tour events. There's a lot more rambunctiousness. There's a lot more. The volume is different and people are trying to be, you know, there's shenanigans and baba booey and getting the hole and match. Yelling right after the guys hit the ball. You mean None. like the jerk off next to my dad today? Well, that was, the, but that was only in like our ears, right? Yeah, he because was, it's under under he was really eight peers in penalty of of getting kicked right on out. Yeah, they just don't 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 stand for any of that BS there. Mm. Yeah, that guy had a nice wad of chew in his lower lip. Yeah, and was doing like yeah, yeah he was doing yeah. like that stuff. Yeah, come on, right. Uh, we should mention quickly the sandwiches. They're all like a dollar fifty, two dollars. That was amazing. We talked. We broke this down on House of Carbs. If you missed it, but the the big winner. We tried the beef barbecue today. Yeah, which we we pork barbecue. The, yeah, pork barbecue. We tipped off on House of Carbs. That we're going to try it today and give our review. It was the best sandwich I had out of all the sandwiches. It's different from everything else. It's a different, uh, you know, walk of life altogether. And did you like it with the with the hot sauce or not like it with the hot sauce? Well, you know, I like hot sauce, okay, so, so I loved there it. We go. I still the big winner for me though is the Georgia ice cream sandwich, whatever the Georgia peach. I still have half of one in the freezer. Do you really? Yeah, from yesterday I have it for dessert tonight. Are you you think it's still there? Oh no, <laughs> Doc! <laughs> Who ate it? Oh, you ate it. <laughs> <laughs> You ate the ice cream sandwich? I thought it was communal. It was. It was. It's great. We're all sharing the Georgia peach. I thought I thought Kyle gave it to whoever came over at 3.30 today. Belinda? <laughs> Natalia? Uh, I just wanted to check out the Masters odds right now. Here you go, House. What do you think Jordan Spieth's odds are? Uh, three to one. Two to one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who do you think has the second best odds in the Masters right now? Rory McIlroy. What do you think, Dad? Stenson. Rory McIlroy plus five fifty. Phil Mickelson twelve to one. Henrik Stenson sixteen to one. Matt Kuchar sixteen to one. Ricky Fowler, Fowler twenty to one. Tiger Woods twenty five to one. Tony Finau. 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 You said it. Finau. Right? Dislocated his ankle and somehow came back and was walking the course today. Thirty-five to one. Any any long shots, house? I do. My dude Tommy Fleetwood dropped to sixty-six to one, which I don't understand because I thought he did okay today. Well, he's six behind already. True. Right? Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a stat that we uh, covered in the Shack House where the last some number six seven eight winners of the masters have come from the top 10 so if you look at the top 10 right now it's speed Finau, kucher stenson reed hoffman that's charlie hoffman adam hadwin uh how tong lee wow holy cow that uh he's chinese roy mcelroy and rafa cabrera bello uh that is a real international leaderboard and of that group i mean several of those guys what about angry and wisdom he's not in there <laughs> he's gonna go back up to the tv booth yeah okay uh snarl people there, there's really like you know four possible contenders out of, out of that group i would say tiger Leish, mark leishman's in the mix too i like him 
Yeah, but he double bogeyed that hole before. He double bogeyed 15. He double bogeyed 15. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods over under for his round two score. What do you think it is, Dad? Round two from today? No, for Friday. Uh, under par, you mean? What do you think? Yeah, you have to bet over or under. Uh, under. I didn't tell you what the number was. My dad doesn't understand. <laughs> oh, he's, you know, he's asking you to guess the number. What What's the total number? What do you think Vegas said? Here's Here's what we think. Tiger's score will be 69. 70 and a half. You can bet over or under on that. So you're going under? Yeah. You like 70. I like 70 also. I like. I take the under on that. What are the odds? Are they even? The reality is if you remove, if you remove the fact that he's super famous and looks like Tiger, um, he didn't seem that much different athletically than he didn't birdie, 12 guys we He didn't birdie any of the par fives today. He's and, not uh, he's not the force of nature, obviously, like he was ten years ago, but um I don't know. I think we want this to happen really badly and, and I think we kind of knew deep down it was a tall task. And you see all these guys, this assembly line of just awesome golfers. I, I think it's like, like Spieth and Stenson. Like these yeah. guys are young and they're strong and they hit the shit out of the ball. And it's it's not easy for him to hang with these dudes, I don't think. I think it's like the Celtics. Maybe it's a year away. Maybe. Yeah. He looked good, though. I mean, his his the power and torque and all that stuff from him looked the same as it did with anybody else. Um, will Tiger shoot an eagle in round two, House? Three to one, yes. Oh, I like that. I'm going to bet that because I want it to happen. You're going to bet it? Three to one. I, I like that. Do you think they have a prop? I wonder if that Will Jordan Spieth wire to wire would be an interesting bet you can bet that at the beginning i didn't look not not you can bet that before round one right exactly who will there be a wire to wire winner uh and you tend to get pretty good odds at that it tends to be in the like uh, i'm gonna get it wrong i don't want to guess what the odds are i think speed at two to one is pretty good i don't know he put about 66 today i i we were looking was it oh we me and my dad were looking at that they have all the scores of everyone who won the masters hmm and there were only two guys who had the 270. Nobody broke in the last like 30, right? 35 years. It was right. Woods and Spieth. Yeah. Mm. Pretty good. Nobody had had the 269, which I didn't realize. That feels like that should be a more important number. The 269 at Augusta? Sure. It would be incredible. It's yeah. more important than fucking Russell Westbrook's triple doubles. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, Russell Westbrook has 100 career triple doubles. Great. Is 63 the low score? Yeah. Okay. Spieth, Spieth was uh, even, I think, going into the eighth hole today. And then Joe House and I crossed his pass. Yeah. And, we, and he eagled we, immediately. We gave yeah. him. And then went six down. Plus he bogeyed 18. He did. So could have even had a, a better round. And it was a great bogey save. Dad, yeah. what was your thoughts on the on the spectators? Did you notice anything? Anything jump out? I noticed one thing. Um. There's one thing I noticed. Nothing nothing jumps out. I mean, it was a male-dominated crowd. I thought they were pretty respectful. I've never seen that many white males in the same place ever. <laughs> I didn't go to any of Trump's rallies, but this was the most white male thing I've ever seen in my life. Everyone's dressed the same. Everyone's wearing hats and polos and shorts and holding a beer, and it's... There's like three, four types of guys. There's like the one guy with the beard. There's like the one short kind of drunk guy. There's like the one tall preppy guy. 
and uh, it was cracking me up. So they had some of the same clothes that you had bought yesterday? Yeah, I tried to fit in. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I like to fit in. Last but not least, before we go, House and I are going to do, I, the, really, the, the thing about Augusta, it's the sounds of Augusta. They yeah. say that for a reason. Right. You hear these different noises, and you have to interpret what the noise was because they're coming from all around you. They're coming from the hole next to you, two holes over, and you're trying to, trying to, trying to figure out what happened. So we're going to do a couple of the noises. <laughs> um, the first noise is the approach shot on 15 where the crowd gets excited because they think there might be an ego in play, which is the... Oh, pretty good. That yeah. one I like. Yeah. Um, there's the noise of the par three drive that might go in the water. Where it's like, oh, like yeah, relief. The, the T the T ball that's that's coming in. The fans can see the line because the nice thing about the way sixteen oh. situated, yeah, and yeah, they they're just fear. That's right. But then when it actually goes in the water, there's a second noise that's like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. But then that noise is also the noise when somebody's walking in trying to get back to their seat holding beers and they trip and they spill the beer either all over somebody else or their seat. That was and the like, crowd goes, oh. That was a great one. That's a great noise. Uh, then, of course, there's a, the the long putt noise, which we saw with Louie today, who took like five minutes to size up his putt, much to everybody's chagrin. We were complaining. And then he did this long, it curved around. It was like a golden tee putt. Yeah, he had his back to the hole. When and he, the crowd when he was suspicious. And it was like, ah. Yeah. That's a good one. The, um, the, the unexpected birdie. Yeah, the unexpected birdie on the long putt is probably the best noise. Yeah. But the, uh, the he stuck it on the par three noise is pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think. Are there any other noises? Well, the the uh, oh, there's the respectful, way louder than usual, but nothing really happened. But you know, it was Tiger Woods or or Jack the, Nicholas or somebody that's great. Right, crowds that's a complete overreaction to a par. Yes, exactly. That's one of them. The the, the emotional nurturing support cheer. Oh, well, yeah, wonderful, right. wonderful, wonderful. And then awkward silence is usually means something terrible happened. Not in the water, but maybe like the tee shot or the approach shot in the bunker where it's just like, uh, and then you just don't hear anything. You're like, oh, that's not good. There was a lot Nobody of that made a noise. early in the day when we were uh, positioned with our chairs along that 17, 16 quarter, but guys were playing six. It felt like the crowd behind and surrounding the green on six was dead, but it's mainly because it's so effing hard. Guys weren't hitting the ball close. Right. And- I got to be honest, it's really hard to see a golf ball. Like we were standing right next to, sitting right next to these dudes when they were teeing off and maybe one out of 10 times we could see the ball. A part of it could have been some of those on that particular hole, they were going left and they were going right. And it was hard True. to follow the ball going out into the trees. Um, anything else, Ass? I think we conquered it. Okay. That was it. That's, That's a it. fair rendition of the Augusta National a great, great, great experience. Thanks for um thanks for forcing us to do this. Thanks to Callaway and for thanks to Callaway to for really, really <laughs> pushing us to go and to do some podcasts. And uh 
And I said, I'm only going if I bring my dad. It's on his bucket list. And they said, that's fine. You should bring your dad. Number yeah. one on my bucket list. So now what's what's on the bucket list now? Kentucky Derby. Seriously? Yeah. You want a mint julep? It's it's a it's a crowd experience. It's I guess. I'm not going to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> it's my daughter's birthday every year. Oh, right. nephew Kyle will go. They have, they have great, Do they great have Tinder, Tinder in Kentucky. Great Tinder in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for uh, indulging us with these Augusta podcasts. I I, I got to learn how to say Augusta. Yeah. I say Augusta. No, no, it was, I, I enjoyed it. One of the underrated it's my speech impediment. Underrated experiences of the day was you botching every name that came through. You called Matt Kuchar Kutcher. <laughs> no, but that's because I have a reading. I know his name's Matt Kuchar, but when I read the thing. I have and that reading speech impediment. You could where not I, get fee now for the life of you. you were no, I still can't. For now. Fee now. Yeah. Well, fee now is correct. For now. Yeah. Fee now. What's up with Jonathan Vegas? Is that his real name? He's a garrulous Venezuelan. That is really his name. Is his last name Vegas? Yes. Johnny Vegas. I feel like he should have been in my life before today. <laughs> He wins like, you know, once every 16 months or so. There's a guy named Johnny good. Vegas in golf. No, nobody in my life told me this. Hits the ball a mile. Why do, Why isn't he Johnny Vegas? I feel, I think he would win nine majors if he changed his name to Johnny. <laughs> What's more intimidating, he Johnny goes, Vegas or Jonathan Vegas? He goes by Johnny. Everybody calls him Johnny. Dad, what happens next? Just a just a major letdown? You go home and you're just like in a funk for four or five days? No. Or you watch be, the Masters? Because I get to watch round three and round four on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, this is great. Uh, and and when you watch it now on TV, aren't you going to feel differently about each hole? Oh, yeah. Because we walked each hole. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to tweet about my thoughts about the holes. All the golf people get mad at me. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks to ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Against All Odds for having me and House on the podcast this week. Thanks to House of Carbs, where me, House, and, uh, and Adam, Rapport. Adam Rapport broke down all of uh, the Masters sandwiches at the beautiful. Masters. Yeah. Thanks to Shack House, presented by Callaway. You can hear House and Shackelford immediately after the Masters on Sunday night, right? Correct. Immediately. Right after. The green Banging jacket's it out. going on shoulders, and then we're going up. Banging it out. It's a Jordan Spieth party. And uh, and thanks to everybody at the ringer for holding the fort. I will be back uh, on Monday with a brand new BS report. Should mention, Andre the Giant's coming. Reviews are out. You can read them. Just Google Andre the Giant. Things come up. Tuesday night, HBO, April 10th. Jason Hare, the director, is going to be on the podcast this week. We got basketball, all kinds of stuff. I might do four. I might do five podcasts next week. I don't know. I'm doing four. I might do five. Who knows? Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Augusta. Augusta.